Okay, so I tried to record an episode two days ago, and it didn't work out. Wow. I'm back. I'm back to this podcast thing. No intro, no outro. But if you're listening to this and you want to do my intro, you want to do my outro, just let me know. And, you know, we could just do it, you know. Um, Or you can... Or you can just make one and send it to me, you know. Hey, if it's good, you know, I'll use it. If not, we'll see. We'll see. But that's an open invitation. If you want to do the intro and outro, that's that's fine. If you want to get interviewed on this show, just let me know. you want to be a part of this podcast in general, just let me know. I know I've been mostly a solo act, but... I want to get other people involved. Let's see what happens if we go like that. But my last 55-minute show that didn't have any audio, um, I call it, I forever call it the lost episode. So I'm going to recap it because I had a lot of topics. I talked about a lot of things. But I started with Alden Smith. Alden Smith signed, I think, a one-year contract, $2 million. But he got, like, a lot of incentives in that contract. He gets money for being on the roster. He gets money for reinstatement. He gets money for preseason games. He gets money for the amount of sacks he gets. He gets money for making the team. He He gets money for every game. Like, that's... It's very incentive loaded. He can make a lot of money if he stays on the straight and narrow and performs well. And then you can get a contract after that. That'd be dope. Talked about the NCAA GOAT bracket that ESPN made. Basically, Jordan won. And, I mean, it's Michael Jordan. Anything related to being the GOAT in basketball, of course, and it got Jordan associated with it, of course people are going to say, yeah, it's Michael Jordan. Of course. Why didn't ESPN see that coming? It was a fan poll. So you don't know what type of fans were voting in that poll. And that was the downfall of it. That's why most people don't agree that Michael Jordan, he was not the GOAT of college basketball. Most people say Kareem and Walton, one of them, or even Leitner. Nobody says Jordan. He's the the goat of the NBA. It was you could say basketball in general, but not the college basketball. That, that that's that's ridiculous. But that's that's what happens when you get fans voting, and they don't really know their college basketball history. Speaking of Jordan, there's a Jordan documentary coming out. They moved it up, thank God. And now, they gotta, since they're moving that up, I hope they move up some other things like Big Brother in season three of uh, All American, the TV show. But I'll get to the All American later. Um, I talked about that in the last episode, but I'm gonna talk more about that in this. Um, in this episode. Um, so talked about, like I said, All-American. 
LeVar versus Zion, that's like a mirror match because I think LeVar was the same size as Zion when he was Zion's age. So basically, that would be like going against your twin, but your twin has a little bit more basketball skill. That's what would have been that's what would have been like for Zion to go against LeVar Ball. <clears throat> I think Zion would have been too much. He would have been too much just on skill alone. The skill would have set him apart. And don't underrate basketball skill, being able to have better handles and being able to have post moves and he probably would have killed LeVar with post moves. Same thing with Jordan. That fadeaway and that mid-range jump shot would have killed LeVar. But hey, it's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. Uh, LaMelo bought his Australian basketball team. Uh, just shows what I read in the article is that uh, I think his agent said something about the ball boys, you know, LaMelo, Jello, and Zoe. They got taught, they get taught ownership at an early age, and I hope to teach my kids that. And it's cool that LaMelo has the money to do this. And it shows that, um, I also read in that article that say he bought his team that he really cares about the Australian community and he's, uh, he's really connected with them, at least where he was at. And he donated money to victims of the bushfire down there. So that's pretty cool. You know, I think LaMelo's ahead of his time. Now he just got to go out there and ball on the court in the NBA. I'm just saying. Um, Talked about the Eagles on Madden. I learned a lot about them on Madden, how the team is pretty old. And you got some overpaid people on that team. And... I wouldn't be surprised if a rebuild comes, especially one or twos in seasons. Don't be surprised if they try to rebuild. And they got a lot of holes on defense, especially in the secondary and at linebacker. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see how the Eagles actually run it. How I ran it is I got Justin Jefferson and I got uh, I got Kenneth Murray and then I drafted a corner in the first round next year, a corner and a safety. So we'll see how the Eagles do it, but that's how I did it. And eventually I'll start replacing our older stars on the offensive line because our best players are 28, 30, 29, 33, except Carson Wentz, 26. <clears throat> so these guys are getting older, man. No wonder we had all those injuries. People getting old. So, that's the thing, man. You got to watch these Eagles. got to watch these Eagles. And, you know, we put a lot of money on the offensive and defensive line. But and some of them guys ain't worth keeping. Well, most of them are. Most of them are. But the overpaid skill positions, like, they, they can go. Like, you, you just rebuild that. It, it, eventually, you rebuild that. Um, John Jones got in trouble again. I mean, I don't know why he keeps messing up. But hopefully he figures it out. Because it's, it's, he's too talented. He's one of the best fighters ever. And it's just a shame that he just keeps messing up over and over again. Eventually he's just going to run out of chances like Antonio Brown. 
I hope he don't get to the point where he's like Antonio Brown. That would just suck. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Undisputed. Oh, yeah. I went off about Undisputed. I said the reason why they keep talking about the same things is because the fans don't care about anything else other than LeBron, the Cowboys, the NFL, the NBA. That's why they don't talk about anything else, because that's all y'all care about. Most of the fans, that's all they care about. Look at the com like I you could tell, like look at the comments under Sports Center and stuff every time there's a hockey story or MLB story or a uh women's bat oh my god, let it be a women's sports story. Trolls all over the place. Trolls all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, no. So the customer's always right. And the viewers, the viewers determine, the viewers is what make them money. So whatever they respond to the most on them YouTube videos and on TV, that's what they gonna talk about. Now, first take our, is trying to switch it up and trying to get the fans in, involved and in, in coming up with different topics and stuff because they get it. They get it. They can't just sit up and talk about the same things. I mean, I like Undisputed. Skip is, <clears throat> Skip is one of a kind. He's unique. <clears throat> and Shannon, same thing. And he's hilarious. He is a walking meme. But they talk about the same stuff. Like, you can almost predict what they're going to say at this point. But, hey, it's up to you. Like I said in the lost episode, if you want to change the topics on Undisputed, rally the troops. So I talked about some positive quotes that I got from my email and my book. And uh, I got something from James Clear. Um, the first one says, always give value before you ask for value. And each day is a new battle to say yes to what matters and no to what doesn't. And what can you do with five good minutes? Like five good minutes of a push-up is a solid workout. Five minutes of sprints will leave you winded. Writing can deliver one good page. Stuff like that. You don't need more time. You need a little focus action. Like, you know, and that's what I have a lot of trouble with. Actually sitting down and focusing on stuff. I just, I'm littered and boggled down with distractions. Especially lately during this coronavirus thing. I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I spent way too much time recapping the last show, but. I don't know, man. It was such a cool thing to make. It is what it is, though. It is what it is. (laughs) Uh, And also, I got from this book, Start From Zero. It's kind of one of them business self-help books. It said, we don't get to decide how this works. So the customer, once again, that's another thing that says, the customers have a lot of, the customers are what make you. 
they will they will make you. You you piss too many of them off, you're not gonna have a business. You're not gonna be making money. If you make them happy, you'll not only make money, you'll get more customers and you'll make more money. <clears throat> See? It it's simple, but but then when you actually try to execute that that's hard. That's the hard part. Execution is hard, but the concept, when you think about it, of business and entrepreneurship, is easy. So, yeah, that was pretty much. Did I get everything? Oh, and I talked about Jordan versus LeBron. How once again, I can't decide on that debate. Their stats are very similar, and. Pretty much Jordan would have been to as many finals as LeBron if he didn't retire the first time. And if he beat the Pistons in Game 7 in 1990, he would have been to the same amount of finals. He would have been to the same amount of finals if he didn't retire and they beat the Pistons in 1990. So, and LeBron probably would have won more finals yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if he would have won more finals, but he's great. He's great in his own right, just like Jordan. And it's just he's six nine and can defend all five positions. It's hard to ignore that. And he's been clutch too. He has his clutch moments too, like the shot against Indiana. I think it was Game Five. That shot against Orlando. I just looked back on the 2006 series against the Wizards. Um, if he wasn't clutching that series, they lose that series. Three of them games came down to a point. Even though game three was controversial because he traveled. <laughs> oh, he may have traveled. I got to look at it again. <clears throat> it, it, it's controversial. So, I don't know. The LeBron-Jordan debate is even to me. It's even to me. Um, Kevin Durant, if he wasn't hurt, he would throw his hat in the ring. I said all this. I think this is the very first episode. The very first episode of Go Level Podcast, I pretty much said this. I'm just reiterating. So, I guess now to the new topic. I guess now to the new topics. I didn't think I'd spend that much on a last episode now back to the all-american now the last three days i've binge watched that 32 episodes two seasons i watched one episode while my cousin was cutting my hair i didn't even want to watch it mom my mom just put it on she just put it on and then next thing you know i'm hooked i'm hooked I'm like, that was just one episode? That was amazing. And then I just couldn't get enough of it. If you don't know, it's about All-Americans football type show, but it's very dramatic for a football show, for a football TV show. Very dramatic. Full Full of people who look like they come straight out of a magazine. They look like they come from high school musical. They look like, these people look like they were on the Insanity video working out with Sean T. Like these, the main characters 
they look that good. <laughs> I'm like, these guys aren't even realistic. I bet none of them can play football for real. Except the guy who created the show, and it's, the show is based off of Spencer Paysinger. He was a pro football player. He's a pro football player, and he won a title with one of my least favorite teams ever, the 2012 Giants. Well, I can't be mad at him for that, man. He he he's li- he was living his dream, and he won a Super Bowl. I can't really be mad at him for that. And he's kind of doing what I could be doing, and that's utilizing his talent for writing. I could be doing that, but I'm so inconsistent and lazy that I don't really utilize it. That, but that's another topic for another day. The show is great, all right? show is great. Spencer James, Spencer Pacinger, whatever. Um, guys from Crenshaw, he moves to Beverly Hills to give himself a better life and better opportunities. I mean, the show started off with someone shooting on the field. And someone, not on the field, but someone got shot outside of the field, South Crenshaw Field. So I'm like, dang. The typical, you know, the guy gets out of the hood, he creates a new life in in Beverly Hills. And just a bunch of craziness. I could spend a whole episode talking about this damn series. But... I finished it. I finished it, and I'm waiting for season three. And um, some little things I've got. I'm gonna say some little things I got from that show. I kind of said this in the last episode, but um, I noticed how hard those characters work. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, Asher and Asher and Spencer. You always see them working out. Asher, Spencer, Jordan the quarterback and the receivers, you always see them putting in extra work. You always see them in a weight room. You always... It's like football is their life. Like, But see, that's the flip side to their work ethic. It's like their whole identity is tied to football. Like, most of it. And I'm like... Maybe that's why I didn't succeed in football... Like I should have. Because I knew my whole identity wasn't wrapped up in the football. But, I mean, would I love to have that work ethic? And would I love to have that work ethic and did better in basketball? Of course. I mean, not basketball. Well, that too. But football? Yeah, of course. I didn't. Another small thing is, man, I don't... I'm glad I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have a girlfriend right now, man. That seemed like a lot of drama. Like, it's just... I don't know how many fights Layla and Spencer got into. And Layla and uh, Asher. And just over some some simple things. But some not so simple things. It's like, oh my god. I, I gotta deal with all that in a relationship? I just got out of something that that could have been a that could have been a relationship like that could have been you know a serious relationship that was heading that way 
And that was tough enough. So I can't even imagine getting even deeper. Oh, good Lord. And then getting married. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, man. And this is just a TV show. Just imagine real life. Wow. Uh, also, this other little thing I got from that show. The Greek mythology thing. How... In this scene, Coop asked Preach what he'd been reading. And he said, Greek mythology. And Coop dig deeper and asked what kind. And he said, the Trojan War. And how, and she asked what that was. And mo basically he said, the men of Troy. A lot of people know about the Trojan horse and how the Greeks built a big wooden horse and after it seemed like they was defeated their soldiers uh hid in this big trojan horse and once they got the go ahead to come out the horse with the rest of their army that's what they did and they took over the city of troy and they claimed victory and they ended the, the trojan dynasty or whatever, whatever they had over there <laughs> And basically what, what really stuck out to me is Preach said, you know, he's one of those gang members in the show. Um, Preach said, oh, no, Coop said, Coop said, oh, wow, the Greeks were pretty smart. Preach responded and said, they weren't as smart as they thought they were. And I was like, what does that mean? So I looked it up and I read basically the synopsis of the Trojan War in Greek mythology. And it was like, yeah, the Greeks won. But they did something, they did something wrong. They raped this girl named Cassandra who got powers from the gods and they did something to the temple of Athena and the gods didn't like that and they sent a storm their way and they killed most of the soldiers and the ones that did survive had a terrible life afterwards so I'm like okay they did all that they had this genius plan but they pissed off the gods see that's why see that's why um that just happens in life in general, man, when you uh, you disobey God, or when you disrespect the universe or disrespect God, it ain't going to turn out well. It's not going to turn out well. And that's what I learned from that. That's what I learned from um, that little scene. And I'm like, man, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, last little thing I learned from the All-American is honest confrontation makes the best relationships. But see, I you know what? I already knew that. But that show reminded me of it. Like, it wasn't too much small talk. Man, these guys... Well, I guess for the sake of the show, you couldn't have small talk. But these guys, show or not, they got straight to the point. They didn't waste no time. They got straight to the point. Whoever's bothering them, they told their whoever they was talking to and it was tough at first and there was some ghosting and there was some 
confrontations and there were some uh, freeze outs and all that. There was separations and you know what I'm saying? There were all that. But it made stronger bonds. It made stronger bonds. It made stronger bonds with the parents and the kids and the boyfriends and the girlfriends and the friends. All of that drama, honest confrontations. They said what was bothering them. They said what they had a problem with. And they worked it out. And that's what I struggle to do in my life. Struggle to confront certain things and certain people. And that's why I've left a lot of relationships on the table. That's why I left some opportunities on the table. That's why I didn't get as close with people as I should have. Because I just wasn't... Because I didn't confront, you know, because I refused to confront certain things. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. I mean, I've I read this stuff. I've read that that's the, that's the best way. That's the best way to strengthen your relationships. And so I read a whole book about that. But still, it's hard to do because I spent so many years just being, staying to myself and being passive aggressive. But that's whack. And hopefully, and I'm going to try to work on that. I'm going to try to work on that because it's not doing me any good. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then the stuff sometimes comes out in the most inopportune times. Can't happen. Can't happen. But that's what's so good about life, man. You keep learning. You keep getting better. You know what I'm saying? And I just, especially this stage of my life, I just take lessons from everything. That's just take that L. And no, it's not just losses. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, man. What these days? What was better, the first repeat or the second repeat? And me, I say, I don't know. I mean, the sec- I have to go with the second. I mean, the first one in both repeats are cool because ninety-one, because ninety-one, you finally. You finally got over the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, and uh, that is forever an inspiring story, how the Bulls finally beat the Pistons after three years. And in 96, you uh, got revenge on the Magic, and you you went 72 and 10 in the regular season. And then 98, 98 is one of my favorite teams ever. Because I didn't know they were they were so old and beat up and limping to the finals. But that Pacers series, I love that series. I remember watching game seven as a naive five-year-old. I remember watching that. That's why anytime I see Bulls Pacers game seven from 98, I try to watch it. And then, of course, the... the the second one was better, okay? You had the 96 Bulls that won 72 games. You had the 69, 69 win, 97 Bulls. And then you had the 98 Bulls 
that had two amazing series, two really good series at the end when they were beat up and limping and egos clashing and all that. So I'd say the second one was better. Second one was better to me. Um, so I guess moving on. So you got, okay, 2013. So apparently someone showed, I think it was ESPNU, they showed, I think, the 2013 series between OU and Florida. Now, I'm just thinking about it. I'll never forget that team. I was so emotionally invested in that team because of the year before. Because I felt like they should have won in 2012. They should have won. They should have never let Alabama beat them. They won the first game. The second game, they got spanked. And then the third game was back and forth. And we had a rain out and... We had uh, Lauren Chamberlain or or Kalani Ricketts hitting a ball that barely went foul that should have been a home run. Stuff like that. That was a fluke game three. We should have won. And I was pissed when we lost. When Kalani struck out at the end of that game, I was pissed. I was like, damn it, man. I could not stand Alabama softball from that moment. I wanted, I was so mad. I can't, if I was mad, just imagine the people who were actually on that team. Just imagine how they felt. So, I mean, I was at home watching it. Because the Women's College World Series happens after the semester. I was invested from that team. It, It started with, I didn't even know anything about OU softball. I think I saw them in the Women's College World Series. Maybe the year before. Maybe that summer. I mean, I don't know. But um, it all started when I used to see Kalani Ricketts in the union, in the student union in Kate Center. I used to see her a lot. My first semester of my freshman year, because she was a year ahead of me. Um, I used to see her a lot. And then I used to see her and um, Jessica Schultz a lot. And they were cute. I was always checking them out and stuff. I don't see her much in spring semester. Makes sense because they're getting ready for the season. They're pretty much in their season. Until I saw a flyer with her on it. I was like, wait a minute. That's that cute girl from the union. She plays softball? And recently, I discovered that whole side of campus with Lloyd Noble in the softball field. I was like, you know what? That that place doesn't look far. Let me check it out. I think it was the last week of school. They played Iowa State. I checked it out. I was like, I like this. And then, you know, I slowly crept into it the next year. And I was at that whole series versus Texas. And I think after that Texas series... I was definitely hooked on OU softball. Now that the background is over, that 2013 season, man, I wasn't playing. I came back in the fall. I'd moved to tradition, so I got to walk past the softball stadium every night or ride past it every night on my way to my apartment. So the 
first day I was over there, I pointed to that softball stadium. I was like, man, y'all better win this season. Y'all better win this season. I was like, ain't no excuse, man. If y'all don't win this season, I'm going to lose it. I don't know. I'm gonna, Something wrong. Because, like, y'all got everybody coming back except maybe one person. Y'all got everybody. They had everybody coming back except one person. I was like, there's no excuses. We got to win this title. And sure enough, they did their thing, man. They only lost five times. They only lost five times. Wait, no. It wasn't the Texas series I was at my sophomore year. I think it was... I think it was my junior year. Because I remember. Because they lost to Texas, right? I was at that game. My junior year, right? I was at that game. They lost to Texas. Then they didn't lose the rest of the season. They even lost to Kansas, I think, that season. And I was just like, how do you lose to Kansas? Whatever. They didn't lose after that Texas game. And they saw Texas again in the Women's College World Series. And they gave them an epic beatdown. Like, it was, it was one of those... You know, blowouts. You know, one of them uh, blowouts from the 2000s Bob Stoops era OU squads. They killed them. They destroyed them. I think it was like 12 to 2. Damn. (laughs) Man, what? They beat Washington and then they beat Tennessee who was loaded. They were loaded. Tennessee was loaded. And I'm so glad they beat them. They had some epic first game. And then then the second game, it was just, they just, too much good pitching. Michelle Gascon and freaking Kalani Ricketts. That's what I like about that team. They had two good pitchers. Michelle Gascon, she was shaky until about the second half of that season. Then she started coming into her own. And then that's when they were in trouble. Because we could rest Kalani Ricketts, who did everything. We could rest her and put Michelle in? Man, what? Man, I love that team. And they deserve every moment of yesterday to relive and really cherish those moments. Especially during this time where they stuck in a house. Oh, by the way, I really like Lauren Chamberlain and Destiny Martinez, too. Destiny Martinez was... In a few of my classes, too. And, oh, man. <laughs> she was bad. <laughs> okay. That, that Take my word for it. But, yeah, 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 man. That 2013 softball team. Oh, my God. One of my favorite teams ever. Ever. More than 2016, 2017. Because, unlike those teams, I expected them to win it all. 2016, 2017, I underestimated them. I underestimated them. And then they just took the title and proved me wrong. It made me look like an idiot. Those guys, the 2013 team, clearly the best team in the country. Clearly. Clearly the best team in the country from day one. I'll never forget that team, man, for sure. Um, 
And that's that's why the quarantine thing and not showing any live sports ain't that big of a deal to me, man. There's this ton of games that got put in the vault and stuff, man, that was really good. Just today alone, I watched game seven of the 94 um, Eastern Conference semifinals between, no, it was Eastern Conference finals between the Pacers and the Knicks. I was watching the 95 game seven of the Pacers Knicks. I was watching the 2006 Mavericks versus Spurs game seven, 2006. I forgot all about that. I was I was a huge Mavericks fan back then, and I couldn't stand the Spurs. And I, you, I can't tell you how many times I played the Spurs on live, on NBA Live, and tried to beat them. Man, and seeing Tim Duncan and seeing why he in the Hall of Fame. Because every time he touched the ball down in the post, it was over. Man, um, back down, shoulder shake. Hook, up and under, mid-range shot. Man, this guy was automatic. Try to the lane, foul. Oh, my God, man. This guy was like that. I see why. Unstoppable. When he get in that block, in that, that 5 to 10 feet range, over. Done. I see why he had 41 versus the Mavericks in game 7 of 2006. Dudes like that. I saw Patrick Ewing too. Oh my God, I felt bad for him. In both of those games, they just pulling on him and bumping him and pushing him. And he's pushing back. God damn. I was like, God, that must be tiresome. I see why he was sweating. They all pushing and grabbing and God damn. Damn, it must have been a literal fight to win that series. It it looked like a literal fight to win that series. Good Lord. Insane. But stuff like that is fun to watch. I also watch freaking Texas and USC from 05. And back then, I hate to say it, but I rooted for Texas because I hated USC at the time. But honestly, if you play that game 10 years later... I'm rooting hard for USC because of Reggie Bush and I hate Texas. Context is everything sometimes. But back then I ain't know I ain't know any better. So I rooted for Texas. So that was I missed that. I missed the last play of that because I was too busy watching the Saints and Vikings from 2017-18. And that catch by Stefan Diggs who I played against in high school. I'll never stop saying that. Um, He made that amazing catch and score and and walk-off victory. Just stuff like that, man. Like, you know what I haven't seen much of on TV? Michael Jordan games. It seemed like, oh, I also saw game seven of the 2005 finals between the Spurs and the Pistons. That was a good game, too. So... Uh, also on YouTube, I want to watch Game 3 of the 2006 first round between the Cavs and the Wizards because I was at that game. And I don't remember much about that game other than LeBron traveling and scoring 41 points. And Gilbert Arenas balling out too. 
and him hitting clutch shot shots. So I want to go back and see the details of that game because I don't remember much, man. I was 13. I was 13, so that was a long time ago. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I just like all these old games. Keep them coming. I haven't seen many Michael Jordan games, but they're all over YouTube. So if I want to watch them on YouTube, I can. And I just figured out that I could play YouTube and Netflix on my smart TV. So, easy. That problem solved. Ha! <laughs> Um, someone tweeted, they tweeted a question, what is the greatest team you've ever witnessed? Immediately I said 2019 LSU, but I refuse to go with that answer. Because I'm like, how could that be? Because I'm like, they barely beat Auburn, they barely beat Florida. They barely beat Alabama. I'm like, those guys were pretty good too. And they didn't play Ohio State, who was really good. Now, I know Ohio State lost to Clemson. But, I mean, it's a style thing. And I think style-wise, Ohio State had the defense to slow down LSU. They did. But we don't get to see it. And it's all hypothetical. And when I put and when I put 2019 LSU versus Ohio State, I did it three times in whatifsports.com and Ohio State won two out of three. Including I think they won at Death Valley. No, they didn't. They didn't. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they, I don't know. They're the best team I've ever witnessed. Also made a list, like, greatest teams. Uh, I mentioned the 98 Bulls, who I vaguely remember in person. But there's tons of documentaries and YouTube videos of the 98 Bulls, so you could see for yourself. You got the 01 Lakers. I was an 8-year-old. I was a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan at that season at least because of Ray Allen and Sam Cassell, Glenn Robinson. Style-wise, they had the team to beat LA. They wouldn't beat LA. They would have got killed. They probably would have got a game or two off. They probably would have got two games off them. They wouldn't have won the series. But um the 0405 USC, they were really good. They were crazy. They were Dominant, 01 Miami. Now, that might be it right there. That that might be the best team. Oh my God, that might be it. But I'm not gonna go with that. But they were amazing. They had def at damn near every position. They had a ton of NFL players. That team was deep, and they was blowing people out. Like, and then they were good in 02. They were good in 02, but they fell short. That team was incredible. Like, and then 2012 Kentucky basketball, who, man, they were the easiest, they were the easiest champion to pick 
in NCAA uh, tournament in March Madness, they, that was the easiest bracket I ever filled out. I had Kentucky and Kansas on most of most of those brackets I had. Because I knew they were clearly the two best teams. Like, usually in March Madness, the clear two best teams get upset. No, not this season. I was like, Kentucky's so good, you know, nobody's going to beat them. And that's exactly what happened. Um, 4 OU football, who beat Texas A&M 77 to nothing and got my attention... That's when I was introduced to them in 04. Because I was like, damn, they beat them 77 to nothing. I was 12. I was 12. I was like, yo, that's what got my attention. They got my attention then. Then I was heartbroken when they lost to Kansas State. I was like, what happened? What? What is this? I wasn't even a fan then, and I felt bad about that game. So just imagine... If you were an OU fan in 2003 or 4 and, and they get blown out by Kansas State, I felt bad. That was awful. Uh, the USC, I didn't really I didn't really pay much attention to that game, man. I, I was so wrapped up in what Michigan was doing. I ain't pay much attention to that game. But 04 OU football with Adrian Peterson or like that team was like that. 2017 Warriors, the 2016 Thunder, who don't get enough credit, uh, who could have won it all, but they fell short. They gave up a 3-1 lead to the Warriors. I felt they were a really good team, too. A very underrated team. And I felt like they could have beat a lot of these so-called greatest NBA teams in history. They would have beat them. They were that good. The 2011 Mavericks, that's a that's a, one of the few underdogs on this list. Like, they weren't supposed to be anywhere near the finals. When you have to deal with L.A. and San Antonio got knocked out early, which I was very happy about, by the way. I think, was that the season? That wasn't the season they got knocked out by the Grizzlies. Nevertheless, they weren't there, okay? They weren't there. They weren't anywhere near the conference finals. So the 2011 Mavericks, they were one of the best teams I've ever seen. But they were mostly a playoff team. Any 2010 UConn women's team, take your pick. Any team Brianna Stewart was on, any team Maya Moore was on, take your pick. They were really good. Okay? Take your pick. Pick pick one. I mean, and then you got 2012 Baylor women who were unstoppable. And did they did they even lose a game? Like they smoked everybody. They smoked everybody. What? Man, get out of here, bro. 2012 Heat who beat that Thunder team. I mean. LeBron, D-Wade, Bosch, they were really good. They were unbelievable. But um, also, once again, 2013 OU Women's Softball. I can't even pick between this list. Maybe I'll go with 01 Miami. Because they were just, 
it was just unbelievable. They had everything. Even though the quarterback was okay. He was good enough. Wasn't he in the Heisman race? Maybe not. But he was good. He was good, but he wasn't great. So he didn't have to do that much. Kind of like Scott Frost with Nebraska. He didn't have to do that much. He's got so many weapons. Good offensive line, defensive line, whatever you need, whatever you want. Miami had it. I think I'm going to go with them for now because that team was unbelievable. Even though uh, they had one or two games that were head scratchers. But nevertheless, they were goddamn. What they did in Nebraska in that championship game. See, I was all in the Eric Crouch hype. I shouldn't have been. Well, I, once again, I didn't know any better. I was eight. But that Miami team, oh, my God. So good. Um, My last topic is, because our shows, but all my shows been, I guess my last two shows, reaching an hour. So, two last topics. So I got similarities and differences with KD. I'm out to explore them once again. So we were both born on September 29th. We were both born in DC, but we're four years apart by the way. But that's one of the differences. Both born in DC, both born on September 29th. We grew up in a similar area, both played basketball. Like pretty similar, both had you know, strong, strong, hardworking moms. Both had brothers, but I didn't grow up with my brother. Um, those were pretty similar as far as environment and basketball and the day we were born and where, you know what I'm saying, how we grew up. Pretty similar. Pretty similar in that regard. And well, my dad was, my dad was pretty much very involved in my life, especially nine to nineteen. At that, at that ages, yeah, he was very involved. But other than that, he was he hasn't really been involved. From ages outside of those ten years, he wasn't really involved. Or eleven years. I don't know about Kevin Durant. But I think his dad was in out of his life too. Now the differences. Oh, also, we both spent a significant amount of time in Oklahoma. We spent basically the beginning of our our adult life in Oklahoma. We pretty much became adults in Oklahoma. And we did a lot of things in Oklahoma. A lot of important things in Oklahoma. I got my master's. He got to the NBA Finals and won a ton of games. So... But I think that's where the similarities end, though. He worked way harder in basketball than I did in anything else. His work ethic is unmatched, especially in basketball. Me, I never worked that hard at basketball. Basketball always fun, and I'm better than the average Joe. I've always had a passion for basketball, but not like that. I never worked hard that hard in anything I did. Sometimes I'll show flashes, but um I went to OU, he went to Texas. That's a big difference. 
right there. Um, like I say, he's four years older than me. Four years older than me. He has one brother and me have a brother and a sister, but I ain't grow up with them. I think he grew up with his brother though. So it's like and then I'm not famous, he is. So we grew up in similar environments with the same birthday and everything. But the differences in there, especially the OU Texas thing, that is crazy. That is crazy. But and then the and how we oh another similarity is we both left Oklahoma in 2016 around the same time like I left because of graduation and job opportunities but then again I didn't apply for anything in Oklahoma so I expected no one was gonna hand me a job (laughs) I would have stayed if I had a job and a place to stay and all that I didn't I rolled out he just rolled out like he just he just rolled out for maybe better opportunities. I went back home. He went out west. <laughs> so the similarities and differences between us and KD is always fascinating. And we'll probably meet someday. But for now, I'm just admiring from afar. I still hate how he did the thunder, but what can you do? Like it's his decision. It was his decision. His decision. I don't. I don't like how that thing played out. How he told him one thing. How he told Thunder fans one thing and did another thing. I don't like it. But he did what he did, man. And he just gotta live with it. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that grew up inner city D.C. area, and he made some of it. So he could have got caught up, but he didn't. And I mean, both of us. We could have both got caught up in the D.C. area streets. We could have had the wrong influence. But we did something positive. So, you know, you got to commend that. You got to commend that. Uh, last thing I was going to talk about was catch up with people and battle with procrastination. I'm binge-watching stuff. I'm playing video games. Man, I got a whole GOAT-level brand that I'm supposed to be devoting my life to and building that up and making that a multi-million dollar company. But I've just been slow out the gates. I pretty much haven't made any progress. I'm still not making any money. I put some content out every now and then. But nothing that says... Oh, this is definitely a multi-million dollar brand. But I think, but I believe it still can be. I just have to figure out what I'm doing. And I got to be committed to it. And it's hard, man. I got these bad habits and I got this procrastination habit, man, that sometimes bites bites me. And hopefully I'll overcome that. Probably just going to take prayer. And another thing about procrastinating biting me is I I lose touch with people. I lose touch with people easily, especially family and friends. Can't tell you how many friends I run into. They ask me for their numbers and 
I don't call them or text them or anything. And you know what I'm saying? It's not any, it's never any bad beef. I love them. I love them all, man. Any, anyone that I've been heavily involved with, friends or whatever, and I got love for them all, man. You get that close, how could I forget you? And how could there be any ill ill will? The same thing with my dad and my siblings, man. I don't really talk to them as much as I could or should. It's just hard. It's just another thing I battle with. And hopefully what, whatever you battling with in your life, hopefully you are battling and trying to figure out a way to overcome that. If you're a Christian, hopefully you are, you know, praying, talking to God and having faith and stuff. And that's that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. Uh, you know, and that's what makes this life so cool, man. That's, that's what makes, uh, that's what being human is all about, man. It's not going to be easy. But life isn't easy. But you know, you learn and you battle. You learn and you battle and you get better. You take that L. And you know, you you overcome, man, you live life. And that's just part of life. It's easy, bro. But hey, this show ended up being longer than the last one. So I'm out. Peace. <laughs>